2: Right now, that time eight fourteen. You're tuned to WGNS, and uh, we have a lot of news and information coming your way, uh, including another look at CBS News in just a little while. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland on the air with us in studio this morning. How are you this morning?
3: I would have been better if we'd opened with some cheesy 80s music Scott. Yeah, that
2: would have been what well, we kind of well, did yeah, yeah
3: it's the same one right
2: yeah it's the same old same all We we need to get something special that's that's know? right when you walk in in fact we ought to start playing it as you walk in the we door. had
3: walk-in music you know like you do when the yeah. braves go yeah i don't know what my walk-up song would be
2: A- and you know the players i think get to pick that right yeah you could pick anything
3: what? yeah i don't know what my walk-up song Man, would be
2: so many choices
3: yeah i agree
2: what do you think about that i will <laughs> So what's happening in the city? I mean, anything new and exciting other than the uh, landfill talk?
3: <laughs> yeah, that we that's been a, a lot of talk here over the last months. We had a a really good council retreat over the last two two days. Uh, last night we met in the Blackman community to talk about the uh, the West Park. Um, a, a, a nice lady had put together a. A community forum and so all the council members we all showed up last night city manager was there so there was probably about 20 people who came and um we were we were able to have some some good discussion about the west park
2: that's gotten a lot of talk for sure i mean i've heard some of those meetings the city council meetings and everything where people stood up spoken about the need for a park people yeah. talked about how, uh, you, you know, they don't want the park to be too small. I, I mean, it's it's been interesting.
3: Yeah, you know, we we bought the 840 property about five or six years ago after an exhaustive search. You, I mean, we could not find property on the west side of town. Um, so we f- we found that property. Not I- ideal park property because it's surrounded by 840 Veterans Parkway, Vaughn Road, Blackman Road, and Knob Road. Um, you know, typically you don't see parks that are, Surrounded by a major interstate and four other roads, but nonetheless, we were jumping up and down that we got that property because we, we couldn't find anything else. Um, but you know, while we were going through that planning process, some property on Highway 96 across from the Burgess Farm, which the Burgess Farm back then was identified as the number one site um the council decided that site was just too big and and really just too expensive
2: how, how big is that burgess farm
3: 500 over 500 acres
2: does the city own that now no okay no
3: no we we couldn't we just made the decision for a couple of different reasons that it was just too large and probably going to be too expensive but the actually the property across the street came available and that was 157 acres 150 plus plus or minus acres and um so it was one of those situations at the time that we couldn't afford to buy it, but we couldn't afford not to buy it. Because, you know, at the time, Dr. Gilbert, um, Cumbie Gaines was our fire chief at the time, mm-hmm. but we, were, kn- we knew that we were going to have to have a school site and a fire site um, that would be on that side of town. So we went ahead and bought that. So, you know, the good thing is right now we have almost 300 acres of identified park property. And what we're really trying to go through is figure out you know, what's the best use of both of those pieces of property? I think, you know, after I've talked to most of the residents, was I was in Berkshire a couple of three weeks ago. And I think everyone pretty much agrees that the 96 property is better for, you know, ball fields and a, an athletic complex. And the 840 property would be better for more of a community park, for walking trails, pavilions. And, you know, the proposal right now that's coming to the city council on May the 20th is, is how we, you know, how we mesh that together is that 840 property. I mean, that interchange has changed quite a bit over the last specifically two or three years. Vanderbilt, you know, bought all the property across uh, the road from us to, to build a new hospital.
2: So I, I, now it gets confusing because of all the different land and different areas and all that. But in that Blackman area on 96, the 300 acres that people have talked about for a park is different from the land Right there on Veterans Parkway at 840, right? Yeah, so
3: 840, we've got 120 acres, and on Highway 96, right next to the Royal Glen subdivision, it's about a mile and a half from Veterans Parkway, the the intersection of Highway 96 and Veterans Parkway, we've got, you know, almost 160 acres, I think it's a 157 is the total that is is out there, so we've got, you know, as the crow flies, they're about three miles apart, Um, but you know separate areas so the 120 acres is the proposal that's coming to the city council on the 20th to discuss you know some rezoning for um what i would attribute it to is more of a mixed use type facility where you know you would have maybe some corporate office space that's in the area that's up against the interstate it's probably not a great area for you know a park um but then in the center and around the surrounding area where you've got more of the burnt knob blackman and veterans you would have more of a a park atmosphere so you know i think the thing that that is confusing is the proposal in the zoning showed that there was only about 15 acres and i think we've pretty much heard from everyone as far as council members saying that 15 acres for a park is just not enough and so I'm looking forward to we have, you know, having that discussion on Thursday. So
2: that land right there on Veterans which could be a future, I guess, business park of some sort. Um, I do you remember Fountain Square in yeah. Nashville? Yeah. Well, I remember they developed it with the idea of having like a park-like area with some walking trails they have a little pond and all that
3: yeah metro center
2: it it never really panned out the mall lasted for i don't know maybe a year if that at the most and it turned into a business park for the most part yep but is that the kind of thing we would go for here like a a business park with walking trails maybe a pond
3: well yeah i think that's what um and and i think we're really going to have to put something together to more master plan what what that area would look like um but you know a lot of people we haven't built ball fields since 1998 barfield park was the last ball fields when i say ball i'm talking about softball baseball um you know as a matter of fact we've ended up having to take away more fields than we've added we took away oakland park because of the redevelopment of oakland samsonite park went away i played softball there back when i was a lot younger than i am now um so you know our, our 2035 plan shows a definite need for athletic you know an athletic facility but a lot of people don't use athletic facilities and as you see you know lots are smaller now than they used to be there's not much as much green space in in our in our yards you know we've got to figure a way to make sure that we provide that and at the same time you know part of the discussion we had we, we've had over the last several days you know like at your house and my house we have things that we want but we also have needs and you know it would be great to buy a new a new boat but if our if our roof is leaking well that's a need not yeah, a you the know. boat comes first now yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: no i see what you're saying yeah there.
3: so that's we you know we've got a lot of infrastructure that we've we've got to do but you know i would probably argue that there's always going to there's always there are always roads that are going to have to be built and as soon as you get a road built at the current growth that we are right now that road is going to be utilized to To its full extent. I mean, look at 840 right now. Over the last four or five years, I drive that road most every day. There used to be no one on 840, and now 840 is is packed. So I, I probably would argue that we also have to make sure that you know we can't fall behind on our on our other offerings that we need to look at. And that's a discussion the council is is gonna um, is gonna discuss. And look, I'm I'm on record. We couldn't say this last night because we had, you know, seven council members. We were all together, and there's all kinds of Sunshine Law violations that we don't want to, to break when we're all together. But, you know, I think now is the time to start the process on, on building a new park. Um, you know, money is as cheap as it's ever been as far as from a from a debt issuance standpoint. And You know, we pay our debt off in 15 years, and that park will be, be around for 100 years or, or more. So, I'm not saying that we have to build, you know, the the best park in the country. We we're gonna have to need to value engineer that. That we're not building, as one guy said, a Taj Mahal. But at the same time, um, I mean, I'm on also on record saying this. I've been on the council for almost, I hate to say how long. We were talking about a, a park on the west side of town when I came on the council in 2006. And here we are 16 years later almost and we don't have a park and you know i think um that's one area that the city has failed not not being able to deliver that and i'm i'm committed as long as i'm on here to, to be able to do that Murphy's borough mayor shane mcfarland on air with us this morning so
2: the land out there on 96 the little over what 100 acres uh which is close to burgess farms is that in the city limits right now, or would that have to be annexed into the city limits?
3: No, the Burgess Farm is not in the city limits. Uh, and and the, our 96 property right now... Which I, is across from Burgess. Yeah, Farm. I don't think we've brought that... I mean, I think it's city-owned property, but uh, I mean, annexation would be super easy to, to be able to, to annex that.
2: Um, so would that bring in that neighborhood into no, the city?
3: No, we would end up annexing the right-of-way of the road going down you know to get to our property um and t-dot is is already come come across to really say that they're going to widen highway 96 all the way from veterans parkway out to almaville road so you know in conjunction getting that road widened, i think will be a game changer as well which of course it, it needs to be
2: widened because it's been what two lanes forever
3: yeah they're working on it now you know in the triune area and that that direction coming back so hopefully they'll meet meet in the middle
2: so what else is going on with the city
3: you know, we have we had a lot of good discussions over the last couple of days. Um, it was really good to, to really hear from, from all the council members in, in more of a lax setting. You know, we talked about economic development. Of course, we talked about the landfill. Um, we talked about, you know, MTSU partnerships. So the landfill is something that I think everyone has is, is really been talking about over the last two or three weeks um, as, you know, when Republic made their announcement that they were going for a lateral expansion.
2: Were you surprised when Republic Services came out and said, you know, we want to expand this landfill after all the talk that's been done about doing something different?
3: You know, I've learned in this job that you're never surprised. Just when you think that something is not expected, you can expect the unexpected, I I guess. So I I wasn't really surprised that it would come out. I, I think the part I was surprised about that, you know their proposal is so inconsistent with everything that we have been working on since really 2016 you know for for five years now
2: was it kind of like a slap in the face I yeah mean, i don't
3: i don't want to say it was a slap in the face I, I probably would more say it was more of a i've said this it's not very political it's probably more of a one finger salute is what <laughs> i would i would say um i i you know going all the way back to working with mayor Burgess when I first got elected he and I sat down and I was with Jeff Davidson and, and Rob Lines, and we we had breakfast at, at B McNeil's I think it was at the time and we just said you know mayor now's the time that we need to address this solid waste issue we keep hearing that the landfill at that point it was going to close in 10 years or eight years and that number goes back and forth based on on growth but you know mayor burgess came on board and said absolutely let's let's tackle this so we went through a process that we brought um all the municipalities together smyrna laverne eagleville even though they don't provide solid waste service murfreesboro is the only municipality that provides curb curbside pickup we pick up 46 over forty six thousand cans every single day so we just we said hey let's let's work on this and so we put together the solid waste advisory committee kurt wade and i served on the on for murfreesboro and you know there were representatives from each municipality we went through this long drawn out process and you know the last option was to look at expanding and everyone on that committee at that time said you know that's not what we should do and as a matter of fact even in the in the in the document it said uh, at the time republic said that an expansion was unlikely because they didn't have the cover dirt um and y- clearly they don't have the cover dirt i drove past that dump yesterday and seeing all the black tarps out there i know there's a process but i mean it, it it stinks i mean it was bad yesterday so anyway so what changed
2: that to make them well able to have that cover dirt?
3: L- let me get there um you know so throughout that process I remember in 2017 or 18 I was sitting at the table with the republic and Mayor Burgess and we were all at City Hall and at that point I just said hey I just want to be up front you know based on what this GBB study came back I'm not I won't ever vote for a lateral expansion unless it benefits Rutherford County from a standpoint of it's just Rutherford County trash so I just said look, I, I'm I'm out on making that thing any bigger than what it is and you know fast forward for the last really four or five years um, the smell on the north side of town and even as far as eight miles out has gotten awful yesterday we had a strong north wind and you know you can smell it a uh, period there's no debating that and it's the landfill you know we've proven that it's the landfill so you know the reason I say that we went through this whole process to show, look, we've been preaching for the last five years, even on this radio show, that solid waste is not going to be cheap. We're all going to have to pay for it, and that the landfill's closing. So, I, you know, I don't know what changed. Um, I mean, they told us it had to do with Metro Nashville, but lateral expansion has not been um, has not been mentioned to the city until we met with Republic when they, you know, I think what I had heard it's an accurate process is that you know the county's going through this rfp process to try to decide maybe what our next steps are that was mayor catcher and really wanted to do that when he got elected and um so he's taken that process on um and so you know I, I i would say and this is what it was described to me you know republic really threw a hand grenade into the process by announcing you know this this expansion and and i want to be clear it had been said before that they had withdrawn their application they did not withdraw their application oh that that is a misnomer they have paused their application but that does not mean that they're not working on that expansion in the background to get ready for submittal on phase two for their phase two application so um i don't know what's changed i think I think it's impossible to argue that it's not inconsistent with what's been said for the last five or six years, and you know that's what we're saying. That's what the city council um we voted 6-0 with one abstention last Thursday night. That you know we're we wanted to amend Murfreesboro, um, and, and we will through TDEC our ten year plan as far as saying this is what our solid waste plan is, and in. An expansion is not um, is not in the in the realm. Now, Scott, I will tell you, I've, I'm working my way talking through all the public works committee um, commission members on the on the on Rutherford County and publicly, mm-hmm. you know, want to say this: we absolutely want to partner with the county. We want to be standing side by side with them. This is a you know a, not just a Rutherford County uh, issue; it's a Murfreesboro Smyrna Laverne issue the majority of your of your msw your waste is generated by the municipalities smyrna laverne and in, in murfreesboro specifically murfreesboro generates the majority of trash um the unincorporated areas of murfreesboro don't generate near as much trash as trash as the incorporated areas do so i mean we're all in this in the same boat and i was telling i think i talked to three or four of the committee members yesterday to let them know hey we're not in this to go alone. We we want to be standing side by side with you, we'll, or we want to fight side by side with you, um, and and we're not going to to leave it alone. So the Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro is not trying to go our own. I think we're just trying to also insert to say that, you know, we feel like that um, based on this process, that expansion is not a viable option to consider, especially when, you know, when you have a group right now that has, has solely shown that they can't manage what they've got right now and i look you can argue the trash that comes in from other communities but the bottom line is they've not shown that they can manage the smell that's at that landfill right now other other landfills and other areas don't have this issue i talked with someone from south carolina a couple of weeks ago who she this that's what her job is and she's like shane something's wrong because we don't have these issues in other places. So our thing is, fix it. And you fix it, and you show that you can manage your business to where it does not impact the residents of Walter Hill, who aren't in the city, Las Casas, North Murfreesboro, as far as MTSU. And uh, someone told us the other day that they could smell it out in the Blackman area. Can you, she, can you really smell it that far? I don't know. I mean, we, it's been documented eight miles away. So I know I, I know I live three miles away, and I can smell it at my house. I smelled it yesterday with the north wind so uh, unless you can show that you can fix that then you know my opinion and i think that's with my opinion would be with the state and with the you know for for our county officials allowing a group to expand when they can't demonstrate that they can handle what they have right now makes absolutely no sense to me and until they fix that then you know have the discussion after you fix it um so that, that's that's where we are right now.
2: You know, when you talk about all this, I'm picturing like uh, the show West Wing, you know, you're, you're running around the city hall and you've got all these people following you. You're taking notes. They're taking notes. You're telling them stuff. I mean, it's really not that exciting, though, is it?
3: No. No. I, and West Wing's my – Ashley will tell you, my, my wife, I watch West Wing probably twice a year all the way through. Aaron Sorkin is one of my favorite writers. Uh, Newsroom is another great one. No, it's not that exciting. So the whole landfill
2: issue, it didn't involve a bunch of press secretaries. And, no. Okay.
3: Now the mayor has no. Uh, I have no staff. Well, so that stinks. Yeah, I know. Sorry to hear about that. Yeah.
2: Well, moving on a little bit here, the Colonial Pipeline goes directly through Rutherford County, goes through the city of Murfreesboro in some areas, and that, of course, has been in the news nonstop over yeah. the last couple of days. And the whole gas issue and gas stations running out of fuel because people are obviously panicking, thinking that they're not going to be able to refuel. Has that been a topic of discussion? And has Colonial Pipeline contacted Murfreesboro?
3: No. No, I mean, I, I've not had any discussions besides everything that what you've seen on the news. That's what I've read on the news. Um, you, you know, I read last night that that everything would be up and running by the end of the week, I think is what I what I read last night. Um So, yeah, you know, what we just tell people, I told someone this yesterday, uh, I mean, there's not been anything said that there's going to be a a mass shortage that that I've seen. um, But, you know, that we don't need to do like we did with toilet paper, you know, back this time last year where, you know, we're hoarding toilet paper. So um, hopefully it'll be short-lived. I can say... I mean good lord i i mean gas prices over the last six months I, I, I drive a pretty small car that doesn't take a lot of gas but you know it's up what 60 percent, 50 percent. so
2: yeah I, I mean i definitely remember times it was a lot higher in price for sure and, and this whole thing started i guess with a cyber security attack or something and yeah uh now they're unable to transport fuel like they used to you know across across the east yeah uh but yeah that colonial pipeline i don't know how many miles over five miles of pipeline i guess from texas all the way to new jersey
3: yeah i i was looking at you know where that all went through so i that's it's pretty interesting it
2: Mm -hmm. is it is but you know i think the bottom line is there probably is plenty of fuel out there but if people go overboard with filling up their you know not only their car but their i don't know how many fuel tanks they bring with them to the gas station at times the the the
3: only thing we did have the discussion that um at the airport that it's mainly diesel and uh what they said told us yesterday it was mainly diesel um fuel so that would be you know what makes kerosene so our, our jet fuel at the murfreesboro airport is the only thing that there possibly could be a shortage but you know our our av gas which is aviation gas 100 low lead uh, we're fine there so yeah. that that's really the only thing we've we've said
2: I, I think jet fuel is what i've always heard you know that i guess colonial pipeline is the most closely tied to what they transport the most mm-hmm. uh, but yeah people have been panicking and last night i don't know if you drove around town last night but around nine thirty to maybe even 11 o'clock a lot of gas stations ended up being nearly out of gas
3: oh man no i well i was out um we had that community meeting but my tank's full right now, so I, I, I guess I, I wasn't paying attention.
2: That's good. That's yeah, good. and you got forty, you know, extra gallons in the garage stashed away. No,
3: no, I don't have a that, that's I don't have like a mayoral gas stash.
2: <laughs> Let's go ahead and take a phone call real sure. quick here. Our number is 615-893-1450. Good morning, you're on the air with the mayor.
0: Good morning. I went to sleep listening. Well, thank I you. Tell, that's I did. You quite all the compliment. Y'all went so many different directions. I tell you, just so much, so much, so much. Are uh, you all listening to me?
2: Yeah, don't know. We're, you know, we're uh,
0: sure. there's one or two people in the, a town called Mother's Brother that know me. I'm not going to tell you my name. And everywhere I go, people jump me. Cause I, I've been calling the station for about 200 years. <laughs> they said, where you been, Brother Casey? We really miss you because you speak out. So mean, somebody, somebody told me, you ought to run for office, you know. But I've I been thinking, why don't they do anything? Let me tell you all something. What sense does it make to build new streets? Tam up, patch them up, Tam them up, patch them up. Them up. And, and you're talking about this, this thing out here on wall, hill, this smell good, all oh, this strength This out here on this, uh, what you call it, Is it nowadays it's called a dumpster? Isn't it funny how we can change the name or something, but it still stays the same? And building all, all these new streets that turns raggedy within six months. And then, you you know, we bring new cars, sell new cars. The street tears up the cars, which continue. Is anybody out there feeling me? Um, I've been listening to you, sir, and y'all talking about parks and fields and, and mountains. And uh, do anybody out there feel me? What 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 good
3: are they doing to people? Well, thank you for calling. Let's see if anybody yes, yeah. else. I, I,
0: I love you all too. All right, man. Take
3: care. <laughs> Casey. I, I'm not going to say your name. Well, you said your name, Casey. I, I've been here for Casey a long time. I always appreciate you calling in. You know, I don't know what the answer. I don't know a good answer to that. I I, I don't know as far as building streets. I mean, I think that's something that we we spend sixty to sixty five percent of our total. City capital improvement projects on roads. Um, uh, you know the two, the two biggest um, complaints or, or emails that we get right now are traffic. Please find a way to improve the traffic flow in Murfreesboro. And the second one, and I'd say these two are tied hands down. The council, we probably get more emails on smell. So, I mean, that's. A, 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 I don't know the other, any other way to handle that besides, you know, those are some of the things that we're working on.
2: Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland in studio with us this morning. we got to take a short break, but before we do, the red light traffic cameras are no longer going to cause any issues for anybody from what I understand. So tell us how all of that ended, if you would, just kind of briefly before we go to the
3: break. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, staff you know, made the decision and really I think there was some consultation but really looking at the data on those that and looking at the trends that have happened over the years that there was there got there was getting to be a point of diminishing return on, you know, things were getting better. And so um, that was one of those things that the contract was was coming up and it was just made the decision was made not to renew the contract.
2: And I guess in the state of Tennessee, I, I don't know how all the All of this came about, but it sounded as if the state basically said, you know, you can't fully collect this money that, you know, you're writing tickets for or fines for. Yeah, there were there were civil
3: penalties. That's all they were. So, you know, I never got one. Um, I've gotten three. Have you really? I
2: have. I'm a a good driver. Did you pay them? I did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Looking back, maybe I should. Yeah.
3: So I think that. That, you know, the, uh, there are civil penalties, and really where it's an issue is if you get pulled over for speeding, and then you do have an issue that you have to go in front of the court and you have a bunch of outstanding red light tickets. So, you know, the whole goal in that, and I feel confident in saying this from past councils, that decision was made, you know, before me. The goal was to s- stop back when David Edwards, I remember when David Edwards was a council member and David got T boned um, with someone running a red light. The whole goal was to, to get people to stop running red lights. I mean, we have 157 signalized intersections in the city of Murfreesboro. So that means we have 157 traffic lights, and there were only six that were monitored. So, I mean, clearly, if it were for monitor, monitoring, we would have done 151 more of them, you know, if we are doing it for money. Um, there were only six that were monitored. So... That was the goal and and I mean, I still think we need to preach I've got seventeen year old drivers you know you've got a teenager yeah. that's driving that two, two of them. It, yeah. it, that we we really i tell my boys, wait for the lights to turn green, look both ways, and then go. Don't assume that when the light turns green that it's safe to go because somebody's going to be running that red light and hopefully um it it's helped improve things.
2: Again with us this morning, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. Time right now, 8.43. We are going to take a short break. And then we'll be right back again. You're tuned in to WGNS Murphy's Pro on the air since 1947. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms, including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615 930 0088. That's 615 930 0088.
4: This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. When it's getting cold outside and you don't want to really get out of your car, Demas's has now started a curbside service. So you can order online, put your make and model of your car into the website, and when the food is ready we will bring it out to your car and therefore you can still be in your pajamas and come and get lunch and go back to your home if you want to. Curbside service. It's just another level of service of which we are trying to provide the residents of Murfreesboro. Visit us online at DemasRestaurants.com.
0: Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, Talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions.
1: WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country.
2: We're talking with Glenn King, and you're a World War II veteran.
1: During World War II. It was different than any of the other wars that we've had since. The youth of America couldn't wait until they're old enough to enlist in the armed forces. And the war was coming to an end,
2: and I dropped out of high school and joined the Marines. How old were you when you actually enlisted? Barely 17. You also served in Korea as well.
1: The big thing that I remember during the Korean War, I was assigned to a Marine Corps fighter squadron, VMF 144. There were two very important people there that were left over from world war ii they thought there would never be another war so after the war ended since they were pilots they would stay in the reserve and once a month have a lot of fun flying the fighter planes around they were two baseball players one was jerry coleman and then the other one was ted williams
2: you got to meet ted williams What, what was he like?
1: Very personal. You know he was an officer and I was enlisted so we didn't get to mingle with each other. Ted Williams was a fighter pilot in World War II. During the Korean War, Ted Williams was a wingman for John Glenn. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio.
2: Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com.
3: A blend of clouds and some sunshine developing this afternoon. High in the mid sixties. Tonight's mainly clear, low near forty-three. Lots of sun on Thursday, high near sixty-nine. I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNs right now, fifty-three.
2: Good morning, traffic still moving right now on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you head towards Nashville. Just give yourself extra time out here slow it down.
4: We've seen some radar earlier in sections of 840 out here this morning just past Jefferson Pike.
2: Hey, Ripley's Aquarium, Sleep of the Sharks, is coming up on June 11th. All the details. Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Join me, America's career coach, Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do.
1: Sometimes you got to wonder, is there anybody in town Truman Jones doesn't know? Truman Jones is on weekday mornings at 9 on WGNS. The Action Line, on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk.
2: Right now that time, 848, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarlane on the air in studio with us this morning. Talking about the city of Murfreesboro. We'll go ahead and take another phone call here. Good morning. You're on WGNS. Well,
4: good morning. Thank Uh, you very much. Yeah. I wanted to thank the mayor for... Taking care of John Rice Boulevard on the city side, down here, by Tractor Supply, and appreciate you guys repaving all that.
3: Well, thank you. That's a that is a super busy area out there.
4: Yes, sir, it is. Which reminded me of a uh, when I'm trying when you're trying to pull out of Tractor Supply, they've got there's a culvert down there where there's a drainage ditch, and there's very large bushes that could be cut down because okay. you can't it's, it's kind of creating a blind spot safety issue been wanting to mention that to you guys so
3: that that's on the tractor supply side
4: yes sir <laughs> yeah, if, you're, okay. if you're looking back down towards uh, I guess that'd be 96 okay yeah you'll. it's a bushes that are growing up in that area
3: alright I'm making a note right now
4: I sure appreciate it we do and we appreciate your taking care of us and it was really good it information hearing about the uh, landfill because i just had a, a daughter buy a house down that direction and depends on the wind
3: uh, uh, y- y- that it does <laughs> it depends on the wind all right shane thank you very much all right great talking to you
2: again our number is 615-893-1450 and we'll head to this other line here good morning you're on wgns how are you
0: yeah good morning how you doing good on, uh, like on West Main, going up on the square, those uh, orange things in the middle of the road. Uh, some of them are sticking up in different, different areas around here in Murfreesboro. If you hit them when you're driving, uh, of course, I try to dodge them, but, uh, you know, you can mess your front end up on, on your vehicle.
3: Okay. Are you talking about, like, the, the square water valve boxes that are in the streets?
0: Yeah, the, uh, and some sometimes those round things they're sticking up, you know, in the street.
3: Okay, the manhole and covers. They,
0: you, know, you, you could knock your front end out of line or mess your tires up, you know.
3: All right, I'm taking that note. We'll check West Main on the square, and then typically on those other areas, you'll see where they'll bring asphalt in where those settle. But I'll uh, I'll make a note just that our street department needs to be looking on those things.
0: I appreciate it very much. Thank you. All right, bud. Thank, Thank you. Thank
2: for calling. Our number is 615-893-1450. You can call or text us this morning. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland in studio this morning. So in the downtown Murfreesboro area, at one point there were talks of a boutique-type hotel moving in. Yeah. Of course, we have the development at First Methodist that, I don't know, I haven't seen a whole lot of progress there.
3: Yeah, it's coming. Um, we were briefed on that. The last couple of days uh, i think they're they're getting ready to to start the process um you know covid with any projects pretty much derailed those especially if you are in the hospitality industries specifically you know the hotel industry um i did see that nashville that a developer had announced that they were building a ritz downtown yesterday but um the financing right now for the hospitality industry you know specifically is is very challenging for someone who's wanting to build a new a new project just because you know I, I, our budget during covid actually we budget we budgeted to be down almost 60 percent of our for the, for the first quarter of covid for our sales tax revenue we were actually up about seven percent but our hotel motel tax luckily we don't rely on that um you know, substantially. It's not a huge number, but that hotel motel tax just got killed during COVID. You know, I, I did
2: read where the motel occupancy rate was around 65% for this, well, for month of March. And uh, compared to pre-COVID numbers in March, I think it was at around 75 to 78% occupancy, which is a big difference. But at the same time, it is moving upwards again.
3: Yeah, well, that during COVID, you know, it went down to basically zero um so uh, that's the you know that's the issue that we had was i can't say what our exact hotel motel tax revenue is for some reason three or four million pops out in my my head but you know we don't we don't rely you know part of that goes to the uh the convention and visitors bureau but we don't you know that's not like something that's a significant reliance on us that we you know we're going to make or break on our hotel motel tax um so that's You know, we're still seeing that come back. Ironically enough, um, our beer and liquor tax is way up over over COVID. So go figure, Scott. Uh,
2: You know, I I did read this morning. There is like a record number of hotels and motels being auctioned off nationwide right now. I mean, it's and I, I looked through the list. I was surprised to see some of the chains that are being auctioned off nationwide, the hotel chains.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like anything when you're depending on what business model you have if if leverage is something that you have in your your toolbox that you're heavily relying on and you get hit with something like this then you know the payments still come even though the the uh the revenue's not there luckily i think for the city of murfreesboro we're not you know we don't we don't leverage ourselves so that's that's something i think we've proud of the council that we've we've been you know fiscally conservative on making sure that that murfreesboro if it's not one of the best financially run cities in in the state it's it's easily in the, in the in the top five and one of the fastest growing as
2: well have you gotten any information on how the census went
3: no we haven't yet because i think that's it's still ongoing right now uh as a matter of fact mine's sitting on my desk and i haven't filled it out every day i look at it and it says you know required by law so i've, I've got to I've got to fill that out
2: because I thought originally the goal was to release the numbers, uh, you know, in April of 2021, but I guess COVID changed all that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, like with anything, COVID, um, I do not get tired right now, Scott, I'm asking you this. It, it, It seems like with everything and I'm not saying COVID is an excuse. So don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think we're all COVID weary right now, but I mean, I've got things in my line of work that, Aren't even associated with COVID. That COVID has just become the excuse for everything. You know. Yeah, we, yeah, I
2: hear that a lot. COVID. Yeah. yeah. So
3: I'm, 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 I'll be glad when we work through this.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's been very different for sure, but it's also been kind of boring.
3: Yeah. You, uh, you know,
2: I mean, there's so much that you couldn't do during COVID. Think about
3: where we were this time last year. I mean, sitting at home. Yeah, that's that's exactly. I, I'm, I'm just glad to be out.
2: Yeah. We have a text message that says uh, Highland Avenue is terrible to drive on. When is that going to be resurfaced? Because it's torn up right now.
3: Highland Avenue paving schedule. I will find that out, and I'll let Scott know to, to find out when that uh, when that will be happening.
2: And then you also have Manny Avenue. And I know that's been an ongoing project for
3: quite some time. Is
2: that finished at this point, or what is left of Manny Avenue?
3: Well, the, the North Manny Portion. I think it's the North Maney por- portion. I get them confused. Where we did, no, we did South manny is where we did the uh, um, sidewalks and all of those things. That's been finished for quite some time. North manny we've not started that next section, and I'm not sure what the the overall um, timeline. I, th- I, you know, I, I can say it's probably not on as high of a priority list, for example, as it is to make sure that we've got Highway 99. Some of the bridge, the bridges that we're talking about, um, that they call them overgrade uh, structures that you know uh, over 24 in the Racket Club area in the case and Lane area. Uh, I mean, I think what that's some of the discussion we had yesterday on putting priorities on that infrastructure because you know once you decide that you're going to build a bridge over 24, I mean you're talking a three or four year project. Um, so you know those are some of the ones I think that are that are high priority right now. Off of 99, now that we have the RV dealer open and the shooting range
2: open, and uh, that storage facility looks like it's about ready to open, but is Costco going to be finished at some point, and how far along are they?
3: Yeah, Costco, I saw a picture the other day they were putting the roof on, so they're hoping to be open in July. So, I, I mean, that's a, you know, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but there are things as a city when you're able to attract certain businesses to come in, that you know you're trending things in the right direction for example we could not ever get costco 10 years ago five years ago we couldn't get them to come because they were they would say look your demographics are not good enough to be able to get people to you know to shop there same thing when when i first got elected you know i couldn't get whole foods i couldn't get trader joe's to even return a call for murfreesboro but we got sprouts to come and sprouts is one of the most successful sprouts in the, that they have in their chain. So, you know, I, it just goes to show that sort of a, a rising tide raises all ships and Costco coming along and some of the things that we're getting come along sort of lends to other things to be able to come.
2: And I know we only have about a minute and a half left, but from what I understand, the city basically gave Costco the land to build on. In exchange with the thought of it's going to bring a few jobs, but more so it's going to bring more yeah. of
3: a tax dollar base. The sales tax revenue that's coming in off of Costco is astronomical. I mean, I think the the payback was like two years, two and a half years. And, you know, it, I, I equate it to when we first did Medical Center Parkway, I, I wasn't on the council when when that was designed. I, I think there are things we could say that we made mistakes on on Medical Center Parkway. It probably need to be a little wider with with shoulders but you know the council got killed for spending seven hundred thousand dollars on landscaping on on that boulevard that's a lot of money it is but that area out there is almost 12 to 15 percent of our total sales tax and property tax revenue every single year so we spent seven hundred thousand dollars one time and now every single year that recurring revenue comes in and so i think that's the same mindset with costco that Um, that, you know, that sales tax revenue is going to come in every single year. And that's something that benefits all the taxpayers in Murfreesboro.
2: With us this morning, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. We are out of time, but thank you for joining us.
3: All right, Scott. Good talking to you, bud.
2: Time right now, 8.59, local news, followed by CBS News, comes your way next.